It's our 29th win in a row. We scored 29 points. They didn't do anything tonight that I didn't already know. Unbelievable character and heart and a will to win. And that's the one thing I told them is they can prepare for what we do, but not who we are. Our heart would win out in the end. 94-yard drive to win it. We got to stop right there. And let me just tell you, Ohio State was amazing. What an amazing team, an amazing challenge. But this football team tonight showed what the heart of a champion looks like. To win 29 in a row, you got to have something to you. And you saw what they're made of tonight. Unbelievable game. Probably got some pretty good ratings on TV. But let me just tell you, to God be the glory. Every single bit of it. Welcome back to another great week of the Locked On Clemson podcast featuring Will Merritt and myself, Matt Smith. This is the most exciting 25 minutes in podcasting. Why? Because we are talking about your team every day and your team, the Clemson Tigers, the defending national champions, and they are on their way back to the title game, this time in the Big Easy in New Orleans. We've got Will Merritt with us today. He's heading to the game. He's going to break down a lot of topics surrounding this game in the preparation, including what it's like for a lineman to prepare at this time of the week, what it's like coming off a physical game, because don't forget, Will Merritt played in the era when Florida State was on top of the world. That was like an NFL defense, and Will Merritt was having to play offensive line against those fast-twitch athletes, all those pass rushers for Florida State that landed in the NFL. And what's it like to get bounced around a little bit the way Clemson was against Ohio State, a very physical NFL-level defense with a ton of guys that will be playing on Sundays in the future. What's it like to recover from that, and will the extra time help or hurt Clemson? So we'll cover all those topics with Will Merritt. Also on today's edition of the Locked On Clemson podcast, we'll catch up with Brad Brownell, get some comments from Coach Brownell after Clemson notched its first conference victory over the season, pulling the upset over NC State at Little John Coliseum. But without further ado, we know right now it's all about New Orleans, LSU, Clemson. The world is watching. So let's catch up with Will Merritt. And in catching up with Will, let's talk to him about New Year's resolutions. As an old offensive lineman, it might have something to do with his weight. I, every single year, I, I, I tell myself, I'm going to get in the gym, I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to get healthy, I'm going to start back running. And every single year for the last 15 years, it has never happened. So um, when I, I lived in Colorado for a while, um, right after I finished playing ball, and when I finished playing, I was probably, I don't know, 315, 320 pounds, I guess. And then... Um, when my wife and I moved back home from Colorado, I was 210. I, I was was real thin. As a matter of fact, I went out to practice one day. I was about 210, 212 pounds, something like that. I, I skied every single day when I lived in Colorado. And uh, I worked at a ski resort. I worked for a former Clemson graduate, Harry Frampton. And uh, I came home, and I walked out to practice one day. And uh, this was right when I first started calling the games for Clemson. That's actually why I moved home, because I had gotten the job with Jim Phillips. And um, I walked out there, and Coach Bowden walks up to me and said, I'm going to ask you a very personal question. 
And I said, okay. He goes, do you have AIDS? I said, no, I don't have AIDS. What are you talking about? He goes, I have never seen somebody as big as you were get so skinny so quick. <laughs> and I said, well, I was burning about 15,000 calories a day skiing up and down the slope. So, um, anyways, and I was dirt poor. I, I mean, I couldn't rub two nickels together. And where I, where I worked, you had a free salad bar for lunch. And so I literally ate a free salad every single day the entire time I lived out there. So I didn't have a choice but to lose weight. So I, I, I wanted to uh, harness that weight loss re regime again, but two things are going against me. One, where my office is is right next door to a Chick-fil-A and Wendy's. And two, I actually have a little bit more money and I can afford to eat um, a whole lot more than I used to. So that's really hurt my New Year's resolution. Anyways, I'm, 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 I'm going to do the very best I can in 2020 to, uh, to try to trim it on back down to about at least about 230, 235. And, you know, back in the day, you know, Coach Batson um, would have us, you know, doing all kind of unconventional things at Clemson when we worked out. I mean, a lot of people don't even realize that you know, Coach Batson is absolutely brilliant uh, when it comes to training athletes. Um, but, I mean, the push-pull techniques that he used on us, I mean, it was nothing for us to walk in the weight room and see a big tractor tire with a sledgehammer and him go beat it to death. You know, or um, we, 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 he built a big sand pit out at the practice field and he would take dowel rods, and you would have to go up against another person to see who could push each other out of the sand pit. I mean, just all kind of crazy stuff. But, Smitty, let's call it like it is. Nobody really out-athletes Clemson these days. Nope. You know, and if you look in that Ohio State game, we owned the fourth quarter because we were in great shape. I mean, we were just in unbelievable shape and strong. I'm talking about kickers on the team are strong. And, I mean, it, it's just, you know, Coach Batson came in the same year that I did at Clemson in 1997. He came from Furman uh, to Clemson uh, the same exact year that I, you know, signed with Clemson. And I just remember walking in the weight room, coming from Wren High School where we didn't really have a weight program, not to mention that I was just coming out of basketball season. So I was only about 235, 240 pounds when I got to Clemson. And I just remember Coach Batson looking at me and said, you're going to be a special project of mine because <laughs> I was weaker than water. And, uh, and sh sure enough, man, they flat put it on you. I mean, I gained probably 60 pounds my freshman year. Well, I was going to ask you a little bit about uh, the physicality Will, so that was a physical game against Ohio State. Plenty of time in between these two games. So I think most of us that didn't play football at a high level, we kind of think, okay, maybe if it were the next week, you won't feel that anymore. Coach, ba uh, Coach uh, Sweeney even joked that uh, the coaches were sore after that Buckeyes game. But so, okay, so now the game's all the way out to January 13th, though. You remember being a lineman. You played physical games against Florida State, Georgia Tech, and others. So what happens kind of in that 10 to 12-day window, and how do you feel, and how fast can you get back to where you want to be? Well, it usually takes a couple of days, Matt. I mean, it, it, I mean, if you play a really physical ball game, like I remember, you know, when we were 
play, you know, FSU or uh, back in the day, you know, uh, um, North Carolina, you know, they had just a, an incredible defense with Julius Peppers and Sims and Holiday and all those guys. Um, you know, the the following morning is the most – that's the most critical morning. And usually, especially most of the linemen, you were beat up pretty good. Um, you would go straight to the training room at 6 o'clock on Sunday morning. And, you were, I mean, it was just – couple of days worth of ice tubs and and treatment and stem and 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 you know trying to get muscle stimulation back and, and trying to heal your bruises but I'll be honest and and I don't know how you feel about this but there's a part of me that believes that when you're on a roll like Clemson is right now the quicker you get back on the field the better yeah I feel like that they are just clicking on all cylinders right now and so sometimes I think a delay can almost hurt you more than it helps you. You know, um, don't you think but, they were hurt a little bit in the first quarter against Ohio State because they hadn't played in so long? Yeah, and, and Virginia was no match for them. And so you got to think too. Your starters didn't even play in the second half against Virginia, so it had only been. I mean, they they had a long, long break before that Ohio State game, and um, and. <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to pull any punches, man. Ohio State came out, I mean, they came out with a purpose. I mean, they. I'm sure that they. It, there's still that taste in their mouth of big, getting beat 31 to nothing. And I think I read somewhere where 27 players on that team were in that 31 to nothing blowout um, a few years ago. So you got to think those 27 players plus some of the assistant coaches on that staff you got to think that they still had a bitter taste in their mouth about how Clemson put it on them. And I thought that Ohio State came out, and, I mean, there was there was some hits in that ball game that, I mean, I was I was like, man, some people aren't going to get up. You know, I mean, they're they're I mean they're going to and Trevor, I mean you, that dude took some punishment in that ball game, and the way he fought back. And the way he just, I mean, just kept coming and kept coming and kept coming, that's a testament to him. But it's also, Smitty, I mean, that's a, that's a testament to the program in general that there's a toughness about him that, you know, we've seen it for 29 straight games. But against a caliber team like Ohio State, a lot of people thought that they were the best team in the country, you know. Um, and for them to take Ohio State's best shot, in that first half, and then to go into halftime down by two. That was, to me, that was the ball game. And I think, you know, you and I have already talked about that off the air. But, you know, when when we went into the game, I mean, when we went into halftime and had taken Ohio State's very best shot and were only down two, I knew we were going to win the ball game. I knew it. And, um, you know, I, I, I just I felt like that, Clemson came out in the second half with a absolute, completely different mindset. And, you know, because they're in great shape and because they're strong and because they have stamina, then, um, you know, you got in the fourth quarter and Ohio State couldn't match them. And they couldn't match the speed. Now, that's not going to be the case against LSU, I don't believe. You know, I mean, I, this is a, a team that Clemson has some history with and, you know, I, 
played against LSU when I was in the Chick-fil-A Bowl. And, and, of course, we played them a few years ago, and Taj had that unbelievable, you know, I think it was fourth and 16, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, you know, he dropped it right in there to Nuke. And, uh, you know, that was the beginning, in my opinion, that was the beginning of the new era of Clemson. Second down field, scans downfield, fires to the end zone, it's intercepted, picked up by Nolan Turner, and the Tigers are not going to be dethroned tonight, they'll punch their ticket to New Orleans. This is the Locked On Clemson Podcast, your team every day. We'll get back to Will Merritt and previewing LSU and Clemson, the national title game in just a few minutes, but we want to take a second to congratulate Brad Brownell and Clemson on their first conference victory of the season. Now, they had to wait until game four to get it, and the start of the new year, the calendar turned, but we talked last week about some of the adjustments Clemson may be able to make, and they made them. A lot of credit to Brad Brownell because Clemson had not shot the ball well from the three-point line in its first three ACC contests. But we saw Amir Sims was a matchup problem for almost everybody the Tigers took the floor against. So, what was the solution for Brad Brownell in that young backcourt? Well, Coach Brownell said they put in some wrinkles for the game, including a slip screen that allowed Clemson, you know, not to stay on the perimeter, but to get some better shots closer to the rim, so that was led to some more aggression for Clemson, and we talked about ball movement before as well, and Clemson had 18 assists on 23 made field goals, so a tip of the cap to Brad Brownell for those adjustments that he made, and being able to get Amir Sims the ball consistently again, Amir Sims led Clemson in scoring with 16 points, but this time, he didn't do it alone as there were five Tigers in double figures played about as well as we can play offensively in the game. We had one or two new little wrinkles that we used in the game that I thought was really helpful. Got us a couple layups, um, gave our guys some confidence, and then um, we just played at a very high level in in every phase. We had a bunch of assists. We had five guys in double figures, um, made our free throws down the stretch. Uh, This was just a, a really good win against a very good team. With the new wrinkle, the salt of slip dreams. Yeah, yeah, just some different things that we were doing there, yes, against some pick-and-roll stuff that was good, yeah. I guess they were, they were hedging so hard. That yeah, yeah, just thought that we could get a couple layups, um, you know, throughout the game, and it helped. And, you know, then you still got all kinds of other plays you got to make. But uh, I thought it just gave us a little bit of confidence, settled us down, and, you know, then you got to play with it. But uh, – you know, we, we were very good. We did a lot of good things. We shared the ball. We uh, made shots. You know, our bench played well. Um, we got productivity. Trey came in and Hunter made a three. Trey had a couple baskets. Curran obviously had a big game. Uh, we just, we played a very good game today. And, uh, you know, this is just very satisfying because our kids have been working really hard for the last couple of weeks, you know, really even before Christmas and just haven't maybe played quite as good and, and uh, at times. Um, there have been several games, probably three games, where we've played pretty well for most of the game um, and then just have let leads get away from us. Um, and, you know, I thought our freshman guard today, Al, took a big step forward. Um, you know, 
honestly speaking, everybody kind of knows he's probably made some really bad plays in about three or four games at the end, and it's probably cost us. Today he made a bunch of free throws to ice the game uh, and didn't turn the ball over against pressure or press. So hopefully he's growing up. Uh, I thought this was a terrific performance. He went head-to-head with Markel Johnson and hung in there, you know what I mean, against a very, very good player. Um, So uh, we just need him to continue to get better, hopefully get a few more guys healthy and, um, you know, build on this this game. Lawrence took a peek downfield, had a lot of room, that breaks the tackle, and is still running. Lawrence in a foot race. Will they catch him? Touchdown, Tigers! Wow! A game-changing play. This is the Locked On Clemson Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find this podcast and all of the great podcasts as a part of the network across all platforms, Spotify, Google, Apple, wherever you find your favorite podcast, you'll find the Locked On Podcast Network, including this one. If it's orange, it's on Locked On Clemson. Will Merritt, Matt Smith, joining you each and every day to give you the latest on Clemson athletics. And the latest includes Clemson's victory over NC State. Now, that's just one conference win for the Tigers. But if they get healthy and they can build on this momentum, perhaps Brad Brown now can make another run at the NCAA tournament. But the schedule doesn't get any easier. This is something we talked about last week tough neighborhood Clemson lives in in terms of hoops. How about a trip to Chapel Hill coming up this Saturday and then back home to host Duke, the number two ranked team in the country. And look, it's been well documented. The Tigers have never won up at Chapel Hill. They'll try again this Saturday. And of course, so in between those two games, that's a Saturday, Tuesday ACC slate. Right in the midst of that is Clemson's chance at back-to-back national championships under Dabo Sweeney, Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, Isaiah Simmons, all the stars are going to be there in New Orleans, the Big Easy. Will Merritt will also be there tracking his former club where he was an all-ACC lineman. And I got curious in talking to Will about what happens this time of year because that was a physical game against Ohio State. The team is sore. How do you bounce back? And what's a lineman doing right now? If you play offensive guard the way that Will Merritt did, what are you doing right now to prepare for the athletic LSU defense? That's a great question. But let me just be clear. By by this time of the year, if you don't know it, you don't know it. <laughs> if you, I mean, after you've played, usually, usually linemen stop hitting each other, you know, about week seven or eight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, you, you, Tuesday is your only full pad day, and usually you stop full pads altogether by, you know, week seven or eight. I mean, you, you know, I mean, <laughs> by, by, by that time in the year, the coaches know who's going to hit and who's not going to hit. You know, I mean, they, they know who's going to stick their face in there, and they know who they can count on. And really, it's it's a lot of film study. It's a lot of repetition. Rich Rodriguez used to have this thing called perfect plays, and we would have to run the same play ten times in a row, and, you know, to try to perfect the play. And 
outside of that, I mean, really, you do some situational stuff, and um, but I mean, let's just be let's just be honest. I mean, after 15 games, I mean, you pretty much know that Isaiah Simmons is going to lay the wood. You pretty much know that Pollard's going to, I mean, you know, play well. You pretty much know that Chad Smith's going to bring the lumber. I mean, you you know these guys you, that you can count on them. And you don't have to beat them up in practice all week long for, before you realize that they're going to go out there and play great football. If you're Clemson, uh, if you get Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne and Justin Ross a ton of uh, – reps and touches in a ball game, more possessions. That's usually good for Clemson. But LSU likes to play that way too. And that Ohio State yeah. game, uh, amazing stat, Larry Williams, Tiger Illustrated, tossed out there is Clemson only took nine snaps in the fourth quarter in its comeback. So I guess I'd ask you, what type of game do you think Clemson wants? Well, you know, I played in a very up-tempo offense. Yep. You know, Coach Rodriguez – he he wanted to go as fast as you. I mean, we it was nothing for us to run a hundred plays in a game. Um, now just just to let you know, Clemson ran I believe sixty one against Ohio State. So a big difference in the think, type of game that was. And if I'm not mistaken, now don't hold me to this number, but I think one year we played when we were playing NC State. If I'm not mistaken, we ran a hundred and fifteen plays. It was either 110 or 115 plays. And how many times did they tackle Dantzler out of those 115 plays? None. None that I remember. I remember him going out of bounds a couple of times. But. None. That, that dude was an absolute freak of nature on the field. Um, and, and good news is that he's going to be joining our podcast, so that's going to be fun. Um, but, you know, I, I believe – that the reason that Clemson won't run as many plays is because of their quick strike capability, because they have the ability to score so quickly. I mean, one drive against Ohio State, I think they scored in four plays, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, they sure did, the end and, of the game. Yep. You know, and but the reason that, that's, the, the reason that that can happen is because of Justin Ross and T. Higgins and Travis Etienne, and even Trevor Lawrence. Because when they get in open field, people can't catch them. And so the, because they have so many huge plays, the play count is less than, you know, like, for instance, yesteryear, you know, 15 years ago, you know, we had to run 100 plays to, to score that many points. Now you don't have to run that many plays because you can – I mean, Travis Etienne can take a, a simple screenplay and go 80 yards, you know. So the, the play count is less because I think the athlete is better. I think the speed is, has increased. And so um, I think if Clemson wins Monday night, I think that what will have had to have transpired is I think that the, the, the offense – needs to be able to put the ball in our playmakers' hands as often as possible. Um, I think that I think that the wide receivers are the absolute number one key to this ball game. How they match up with the DBs of LSU because LSU is known for their DBs. They're they're known for being 
defensive back university, and now Clemson is wide receiver U. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just like we talked about last time. It's it's good versus good. You know, I mean, you're talking about you got some frisbee catching dogs out there that can go up and and snag the ball out of the air. And here's the other thing, Matt, and and you've been around enough football that you you, I'm sure you've noticed this. The wide receivers don't catch the ball with their body. They snatch it with their hands. I mean, they, they literally go out there and they snatch the ball out of the air. And then they're strong once they have it, you know. Um, so I think that I think it's going to be just an absolute fantastic matchup. And you're not worried about – so having – you know, if Clemson does produce big plays, which they've done, and there's the statistic I don't have right in front of me, but I think Clemson set the school record for yards per play. So to your point, if they're not running 90, 100 plays, it's partly because they're averaging 7.5, 7.6 yards per play, which I think is a, is a school record. So you're not worried, though, about the defense having to go right back on the field. Uh, it's it's against LSU throughout the night, you know, because they're they're so good at the wide receiver position themselves. You're not worried about, you know, just in other words, if it becomes one of those up and down track meets like you used to play in, you like Clemson in that kind of game too. Absolutely, I do. Absolutely, I do. Um, I, I think that we're talented enough, we're skilled enough, and we're 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 in good enough shape that a track meet doesn't scare me. I think they can go all night long, and um, and and here's the other thing, you know, you you, you got you also have to realize that Coach Venables prides himself on getting that defense off the field. I mean, he he prides himself on three and outs, and he prides himself on stopping people in the red zone. I mean, look at what they did to Ohio State in the red zone. Ohio State got down to the one or two or seven or five or whatever it was, and they couldn't get it in the end zone. Here's the stat for that, Will. Uh, Ohio State ran ten plays in the red zone and produced only nine points against Venable's defense. That's crazy. That's crazy. So, I just I think it's going to be a great matchup. 